Hello, and welcome to Not the Oscars. It's Denacrio, a podcast about criminally underrated performances in modern cinema getting the recognition they deserve. Typically, each week, one of the hosts of this podcast nominates a performance for the illustrious Vincent D'Onofrio Award, an award of our own creation, birthed from our mutual love for Vincent D'Onofrio's impeccable performances, Edgar the Bug, and Men in Black. Um, this episode's going to be a little bit different because uh, it's Christmas time, it's the holidays, uh, and we are going to talk about our favorite holiday movies uh, through a special ranking system that we just came up with less than an hour ago. Um, and we're going to figure out which one we like the most. Uh, my name is Anthony, and joined by uh, our two other hosts, Josh and Erica. How's everybody doing tonight? Good. I'm in the spirit for some holiday brackets, because if there's one thing we really need for the holidays 2020, it's competition. Amen. I'm really excited for this. Um, the viewers don't know this, but like I said, we just put this together uh, uh, super, super quick. Viewers, listeners. Um, and this kind of came together super organically, um, off of an idea that I came up maybe 30 minutes before we got on the call. Um, and I think it's going to work pretty well. If not, then famous last words, but I think we got a really cool thing that we're going to do tonight. No, I'm really excited about this format. Yeah. I'm Jones. We just, um, we, just spent the... Pa- we just spent the past hour trying to whittle down what 30 something movies down to 16 so we're all pretty pretty warmed up in uh d- defending the weird ass movies that we've decided to put on here yeah like josh said uh so we got 16 movies total that are all broken up into uh eight different categories that they will then uh battle it out in and so we can land on which is the overall best movie as far as we're concerned for the holidays um, the way this format's going to work, um, each one of us has been assigned a movie for each one of these in a bracket. Think of this as like the Sweet 16 of holiday movies. Um, one of us will argue about a movie for about, uh, did we say 90 seconds? 90 seconds for how long we're going to argue for? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so 90 seconds to argue for each movie. Um, and then the person who's not arguing will then decide uh, which of these moves on to the next seed of the bracket, both based on the argument that was made, but also their own institutional knowledge of the movie that's being argued, um, and potentially just how they're feeling in the moment. Um, so yeah, really excited to kind of jump into this one. Uh, we'll talk about each category kind of as we do it. Um, but yeah, let's just like dive into this sucker and let's see what we end up with. Feel good? Um, so before we get started, we're going to talk through all of these different categories that we have laid out, um, and then we're going to talk over some of those movies that didn't quite make the cut. Um, the very first category that we have is the, uh, I think, the big battle for overall holiday movies. Um, it's which is the better Home Alone, Home Alone 1 versus 2. That will be Josh and I, Duke and Not One Out. Um, the second will be uh, the Christmas movies that take place during Christmas but have nothing to do with Christmas which is Gremlins versus Die Hard. That will be me defending Gremlins against Erica, who will be defending Die Hard. Uh, Following that one up will be the Christmas rom-coms. The Holiday, which I actually just saw for the first time over Thanksgiving, uh, versus Love Actually, which Erica will be defending. I'm Uh, very excited to judge that one because I've seen neither. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be great. (laughs) So you, you, you better be in for a... You better convince me. I think that's going to be one of the best categories. It's not my favorite one on the list, but I think it's going to be really solid. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, fourth category uh, is going to be the battle of the uh, Disney properties that happen to have Christmas movies. Uh, Iron Man 3, as defended by Erica, 
versus Josh, who so wisely chose the Star Wars holiday special. Um, the fifth category, 90s Christmas movies. Uh, the Santa Claus, defended by Josh, against Jingle All the Way, which I chose and I'm very excited to talk about. Um, the next category from there is the... I can't read my own handwriting. How sad is that? Uh, it's movies that take place in Chicago. <laughs> It's the unexpected Christmas romance movies, uh, while you were sleeping, which Erica is very excited to jump into, and then the Nightmare Before Christmas, which Josh is going to argue. If he somehow finds a way to turn that into it being about Chicago, I'm not gonna lie, Erica, he's gonna win off default, and, um, and right, he I'm will deserve, and he will deserve to. <laughs> the seventh category, uh, Christmas classics, uh, the uh, Grinch, the animated version, which Josh is going to talk about, versus. A Christmas Story, which gets played on TBS every single year for 24 hours straight. Um, I'll be talking through that one. And then uh, my favorite category, uh, Weird Christmas Children, Miracle on 34th Street, the 1996 version starring Mara Wilson versus Elf. Uh, I will be talking about Miracle on 34th, and Erica will be defending Elf. Um, any movies that we didn't get to that did not make this list that you were hoping or that you had included that you would have had a good time talking about tonight. Brendan Fraser's The Mummy. <laughs> not a Christmas is that movie. movie. Actually, like, is it just like the holiday? Like, does it happen on Christmas? Does Christmas happen at some point in it? Like, how does that no, tie in with the holiday? It has nothing. Look, you, I don't, okay, I don't really get into Christmas movies. I never really got into it that much as a kid, and my family didn't either. So Christmas morning, we, like, opened gifts and then just, like, watched what was ever on, like, cinemax or on demand and it was usually brendan Fraser's the mummy so there you go that's so wait there's no christmas anything in that movie nope that's just a christmas movie for me because we watch I'm so it, it feels glad like that i watch it every christmas we argued for this for so long Josh, <laughs> and, you, and you never once flagged the fact that that never actually happened who said oh, I, the, christmas I the movies had to do with christmas <laughs> they have to do with christmas or else why are we arguing about them because they have to do for christmas for me you know it's it's the spirit of Christmas for Josh, um, which is coincidentally the name of a movie that I axed off the list, um, which is Outlander style about a woman who goes to, I can't remember if it's an inn or a house, but I think she's a real estate agent and she falls in love with a ghost. Um, but the proprietor of the establishment um, is played by the stage combat professor from my alma mater, Brandeis University. So, Ooh. yep, Bob some Walsh. closeness uh, to it. I know. My cut was uh, uh, "I'll Be Home for Christmas," starring 2028 president-elect Jonathan Taylor Thomas <laughs> and Jessica Biel. Um, I was really excited to get into that one because of just how not great that movie has aged it's bad um, it's so bad it is but jonathan taylor thomas is so charming in it and i was really excited to get into that gary cole is in it it's got a really Whoa. wonky cast i love gary cole so do i when stephen wolf opens up again hopefully he ends up doing something on stage i'd really mm. enjoy that all right so um ready to battle these boys out I, I think we're ready to jump right into it. Um, like I said, 90 seconds per, I will be keeping time on my end. Uh, hopefully this does not take forever, and hopefully our listeners enjoy this. Uh, 
But yeah, let's get right into it. Um, Josh, are you ready to start talking about Home Alone one and two? Uh, us going back and forth. Yeah, am I going? Am I going first? No, no, no. no. I'm gonna go first. I just wanted to make sure okay. that you were like you know ready on your side. Oh, I mean, I as listener as longtime listeners of the podcast know, I'm not one to prepare. Uh, but I'm ready. Here's the great thing. I'm not prepared for any of these either. I think we should also preface it as like, you know, we didn't come in knowing what we were going to be arguing. <laughs> we decided that three seconds before we hit record on this. So we don't even know what's going to happen. Fair. All right. We ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. Starting now. Home Alone 1. The reason why this is a classic. Literally the entire movie is like incredible, right? A, because of the fact that we get to see Macaulay Culkin doing what he does best, which is just Macaulay Culkin being a complete brat, completely inspired by the scene between he and John Candy and Uncle Buck. Um, Without this movie, we don't even get Home Alone 2. Without this movie, we never make it to New York. This is when we meet the Wet Bandits. This is when we get to see Joe Pesci dressed up as a cop sitting in the middle of this Chicago couple's house with that gold tooth in as he's scoping the place out. This is when we get one of my favorite scenes as a kid, which is them coming to the house planning on robbing a joint, and they think that a party is happening, and it's just Kevin with a bunch of marionette puppets, which I don't know where he got them from, dancing around in his living room because he's trying to create a scenario so that nobody shows up and robs the the place. Um, That movie, to me, is phenomenal. It, to me, is better than the second one. Not necessarily more quotable, but better for setting the standard for every movie that we got from here on out. Um, I have never enjoyed watching Joe Pesci in anything more. Daniel Stern is a national treasure and is absolutely phenomenal. Catherine O'Hara is fantastic in it. This movie, to me, is like the ultimate Christmas movie. I will die on this hill, and I don't need my remaining 10 seconds. Josh, what you got? Okay, I am not going to argue that this movie is a better movie, because it definitely is not, but I am going to argue that is indeed more of a Christmas movie, because in this second movie, it is about, it is more about Christmas than the first one, in that it is about Kevin McAllister's, you know, going to New York and kind of spoiling himself, but then kind of finding the spirit in Christmas through, you know, the guy that owns the toy shop and giving the turtle doves to the per- to the the pigeon lady like we're actually having more values and morals that have to do with christmas in this movie where i feel like the first movie is like it's largely about macaulay culkin like beating up some bad guys and it happens to be christmas but you could take that time and kind of place it anywhere uh I, I completely agree that I think the second one's more quotable and i prefer it because it's a lot more looney tunesy which for some reason just feels more Christmassy to me, that it's a little bit more of a send-up and not so serious. Uh, but I don't know. I'm really just sold on that. It's It it, it has more to do with the holiday and uh, Kevin kind of having a different uh, kind of an arc based on those kind of principles. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I probably enjoy watching the first one more, but I'm still going to argue that it's a better Christmas movie. And that's what I got. All right. That time. Wow. Um, oh, boy. Those are two solid arguments. I'm, like, really regretting uh, my recommendation that I have to pick who the winner is here. Um, 
Is there anything you guys uh, like heard the other person say that you want to like either rebut or you just like are think been thinking about or you agree with or? I will highlight. Josh mentions the fact that the first movie does not feel like it's much of a Christmas movie, whereas the second one really like shoves the fact that it's Christmas down your throat. The Rockefeller tree at the very end of it. The fact that like he goes to like Duncan's toy chest and has that whole moment. But I will say, <clears throat> while the first one might lack the visuals that tell you that it's Christmas, the heart of it is all there because everything that Kevin thought that he wanted, everything that he thought it would be necessary in order for Christmas to be perfect, was really just having his family back under one roof. The family that he felt didn't necessarily treated him right or he didn't feel like, you know, like really like embraced him for who he was. You realize that's what Christmas is about. It's about spending it with people that don't necessarily understand you, who you don't like most of the time. But hey, it's your family, so you got to deal with it. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm not gonna try to argue that. <laughs> um. Okay. I. If we are going to go from the setting the tone from our Jackie Chan episode. I think that Josh made a better argument here for this movie. Um, so I'm going to choose Home Alone 2. Even though yeah! my watch <laughs> preference is to Home Alone 1. I'm not happy about this, but I'm going to deal with it. That's fine. Wow, we're... we're... We're real. We're calling some unusual shots early on. I like how this is rolling out. This is wild. <laughs> wow. Okay. We're 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 rolling now. Well, now we have the opportunity to move on to the next category, which is conveniently myself versus Erica. <laughs> I personally believe that Josh is now going to be in cahoots and is going to vote in favor of whatever she wants. But we'll see how that works out. This category again is the Christmas movies that take place during Christmas, but have almost nothing to do with Christmas, Gremlins versus Die Hard. Erica, would you like sure, to start? Sure, I would love to start. John McClane is an American hero. And if there's anything that I learned this year, year of our Lord 2020, is that we are all about... Um, promoting and celebrating our American heroes. This movie takes place at a holiday party in the city of Los Angeles. And John McClane, very similar to Home Alone, is learning the lesson that what matters most of all is not only being with your family, but saving your family from their demise at the hands of Alan Rickman, especially when um, you, especially when you are crashing a holiday party at Nagatomi Plaza, um, and um, I think really that's that's all I have to say about this movie is that it takes place in a ho at a holiday party, and what could be more Christmas than that? than extracting your wife from a holiday party um, while she is, I'm doing a terrible job of doing this. I hate every, I hate every argument. <laughs> I am so, so rusty. Um, I, 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 I'm just going to cede my time to Anthony because, all right, 
here, here's, here's, here's the, the three-second version. Uh, American hero, air ducks, literally, he has to save his whole family from a terrorist attack played by Professor Snape on Christmas Eve at a holiday party. He won't have a family left if this movie ends poorly. That's the spirit of Christmas right there. End, end statement. That was terrible. I apologize. I will do better next time. Hey, no, no, no. (laughs) Erica, you don't undersell yourself because, again, uh, you got the wild card. I was very excited to defend this movie, and I'm really sad that I tanked so hard. Okay. Gremlin. The reason why I love this movie so much, two reasons. One, the plot is incredibly Christmas. Randall Peltzler is deciding that he has to go get something for his son, Billy, and last minute decides to go to Chinatown of all places and gets the Mogwai. This creepy ass thing that he doesn't quite know what it is, has these crazy ridiculous rules that are associated with it. And for whatever reason, even though the owner tells him like, eh, this maybe isn't something that you want to give your kid, decides to do it anyway. The most American possible thing that you could do. Then he gives it to the kid. Ends up being the best Christmas present ever. Teaches this child about responsibility, teaches him about rules and some more stuff. Goes incredibly wrong. I love this movie because it makes no sense as to why it takes place around Christmas, except for it gives him a reason to give Gizmo to his kid. But the second reason why I enjoy it, and the primary reason why I believe that this should kick Die Hard's ass, is strictly because of this lyric from the 2007 song, Sky's the Limit by Lil Wayne. And when I was five, my favorite movie was Gremlins. Ain't got shit to do with this, just thought that I should mention. I've never understood why he included that line in the freestyle, but for that reason alone, I believe that it should win this round in time. Wow. Putting in some trivia into your argument, that's... uh quite a flex it's all i had and that line has lived rent free in my mind for a good decade i still don't know why he threw that in there <laughs> but lil wayne really likes gremlin well well do either of you have uh rebuttals or responses you would like to make to the other's argument i will say that the plot of Die Hard also feels like one of the most american things ever which is like i have to stop the terrorists on <clears> christmas <throat> eve by crawling through the air ducts of this tower and then I'm going to kill this weird British guy. But the fact that Gremlins is also like, hey, American guy, you probably shouldn't give this to your kid. And I don't want to give this to you to give to your kid. But if you're going to do it, you have to follow these rules. And then he doesn't do it. Also one of the most American plots of all time and kind of fits really, really well considering everything that we've seen. Yeah, this year I mean, both the of these movies are at their core about capitalism, right? Um... And Die Hard is also about police brutality in a real weird way. Um, uh, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I love the trappings of it where it's just like, what could go wrong? We're at a holiday party in this, in our office, you know? Which also, like, I'm sorry. What's yeah, I'm also like? sorry, though. Like, a, a company of this, <laughs> a company of this caliber um and a profit margin would a thousand percent rent out someplace to have their holiday party but um yeah i love this movie it it gives me warm fuzzies 
So <clears throat> just walking into it, not hearing either of your arguments, I would have given it to Die Hard, no questions asked. Um, I was, I'm almost completely sold just on the one sentence that you had, Erica, that saving your family from the demise of Alan Rickman, uh, that's very, very Christmas right there. Uh, but I think I got to give this to Anthony because that was, that was a very, uh, that was a very well done argument. You know what? Thank you. I don't disagree Thank you very you. much. The next matchup is Christmas rom-coms. The Holiday, which I will be defending versus Love Actually. Um, since you are so ready, Erica, would you like to to start yeah, with Love I'll Actually? It. I'll do it. All right. Go for it. So Love Actually, which um, if we were actually talking about this on how we normally do our podcast, I would say has aged terribly, um, is the ultimate Christmas movie because it's not just one story about Christmas. It's about 47 holiday movies in one. You've got unrequited love. You've got porn star love. You've got childhood love. You've got Colin Dam Firth. You've got Hugh Grant dancing down the hall uh, as the prime minister. Um, you've got Emma Thompson crying to Joni Mitchell, whose Christmas was also ruined by, oh, who do you think, fucking Hans Gruber. Um, and this movie just sends so many different messages, all of which are, if you are in love, you will have the greatest Christmas of your entire fucking life. Because love actually is all around. Full stop. I'll go ahead is and that, I'll do my thing then. Is I'll that actually it. what happens in that movie? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, I, that sounds wild. Yeah, it's like... Is it like five hours long? It's pretty long. It's not, it's, it's like yeah. two and a half hours long. It's weird because like it's it's really it's really fun because it's got a lot of British actors and they're all really good, um, and there are a lot of really hilarious moments that happen throughout. But uh, like Erica said, it has not aged well at all. Like you watch it and you're just like, "Ooh, this isn't a good plot, and that's not okay." And this guy kind of sucks. Oh, this is trash. By the end of it, you kind of feel adultery. a little There's adultery. There's homophobia. Like, There's some weird yeah. shit happening. Oh. Uh, between the British dude and a bunch of chicks in Milwaukee. Although, I, like, I'm pro-polyamory if that's your deal, but the way that goes down is weird as fuck. Um, yeah. There's a lot of weird things happening. I just I just want to remind you both, these are two movies that I haven't seen, so my entire <laughs> imagination <laughs> of what I'm basing my decision against is okay, what you later we're, later um, uh, we're gonna have you describe what we th you think the plot of these two movies are after anthony does his thing <laughs> how okay sure all right um i'm gonna do my best to defend this movie that i've seen once for the first time two weeks ago um and i watched most of it <laughs> because at the same time i was trying to read ready player two which I only made it two chapters into. Um, but I'm going to do my best. You can do it. The Holiday. Uh, the really great thing about this movie is that at the heart of it, the thesis is this. Love is in the most unexpected places. 
mostly in cabins where you're anticipating just getting away from life and getting away from work and getting away from all of the things that are tearing you up and destroying you inside, such as unrequited love and mainly unrequited love. Um, but the best thing about this is that we get to watch as these two couples come together in the middle of winter at these really, really nice cabins. And we get to see them just discover what love feels like in the middle of the holidays. We see Jack Black get his heart broken by his girlfriend while he's in Blockbuster trying to rent a movie because that's what he enjoys doing. Uh, and then he ends up with Kate Winslet, which makes no sense whatsoever on paper. But then you see the movie and they're two beautiful souls together. Or Cameron Diaz, who ends up with Jude Law because he knocked on her okay. door for no reason whatsoever at the cabin that she was staying at. Two beautiful love stories that make almost no sense whatsoever. But again, that's what Christmas is. Christmas is magic. Christmas is the gift that keeps on giving. And sometimes it gives you the gift of love unexpectedly, which is Jack Black and Kate Winslet ending up together because his girlfriend cheated on him outside of a blockbuster. That was a perfect 90 seconds. Uh, Rato Rizzo's also has a cameo. Rebuttals to the other? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Who's Rato Rizzo? Well, Dustin this? Hoffman. <laughs> for context, for those that are listening, prior to this beginning, we decided to take the uh, classic movie A Muppet Christmas Carol off of the list. Um, my favorite thing about that is that the credits at the very top of it, they list out all of the characters who was played by who. Um, and Rizzo the Rat, uh, his credit is Rizzo the Rat playing himself, because who else would he be playing? Um, I forgot his name as I said it, and I said Ratso Rizzo <laughs> playing himself. Ratso Rizzo is not his name. Ratso Rizzo is Dustin Hoffman's character in Midnight Cowboy. Um... If you're listening to this, please do not pitch the idea of rebooting Midnight Cowboy with Rizzo the Rat playing yes. Ratso Rizzo because we're already I on top to of take it. that to Hollywood ASAP. Cowboy starring Rizzo the Rat Gonzo <laughs> <laughs> as Ratso Rizzo. Oh. Josh, what do you Afternoon, think? Afternoon Cowboy. Oh boy. Okay, so as I understand what these movies are about. Uh, the holiday is about, uh, two, uh, pairs of people that you wouldn't cast together going to a cabin and falling in love. Yeah, basically. And then the other one, Love Actually, is just a compilation of every holiday movie that has ever existed. (laughs) Including Die Hard. Okay. (laughs) that's what you said uh so if we're going by what is the most christmas uh (laughs) i'm gonna have to go with erica because it's got 47 christmases and it sounds like you've got two anthony (laughs) so i'm gonna score this one mathematically and uh i say erica takes this one I'm not even mad about that one at all, to be totally honest. It's really hard to, to knock out Love Actually in the first round. This is like this is like Duke or like UConn. Like, you're not going to win. You're probably going to get skunked. Um, all right. Well. Oh, I was going to say, also, there's anything. no cabins in the holiday. There's a cottage and there's a mansion in Beverly Hills. <laughs> 
Oh, Anthony, come on. I told you, I saw it for the first time two weeks ago, and I wasn't really watching it. Like when you but said Cabin, Cabin, I was thinking, Cabin, like, what's the difference? Is this going to be like Cabin in the Woods? Oh, I love I'm Cabin in the Woods. So, just before we get into the next category, I just want you both to know that Love Actually is going to be going against whatever movie <laughs> wins next. Which is hilarious. Yes. Okay. The next category. <laughs> Uh, Disney franchises that happen to have Christmas tie-ins. Iron Man 3 defended by Erica Yeller versus the Star Wars Holiday Special as defended by Josh Bowen. Who would like to start? Who would like to start? Why don't you choose? You choose. You know what? I'm going to flip a coin to decide. The coin that I'm going to use is the one that is in my wallet. It is from the 19... 97 VHS tape of Space Jam, the little silver coin that comes in it. On one side is Michael Jordan and the Looney Tunes. On the other side, I keep it in my wallet at all times just in case. The other side is the Monstars. Michael Jordan is heads, Monstars is tails. Uh, I'm going to say, in this case, Iron Man's heads and Star Wars Holiday Special is tails. Flipping the coin now. I dropped it on the floor. And that is... I believe that's Tails. Yep. Whoa. Tails. I wasn't breathing that whole time. <laughs> I was so tense. All right, I'm ready to do this. Do you want me to keep time for you? Uh, yes. All right. Whenever you're ready. Okay. Here we go. Uh, the holidays can be hard. I mean, I know we're talking about a lot of love and a lot of celebration, but they can be tough. And sometimes the holidays call for running down into the basement where there's a TV, getting really high with your cousin, and watching a movie that just brings you nonsensical pleasure. And this movie personifies that. It is the Star Wars Holiday Special. It is the movie that celebrates the Wookiee Life Day, which is a story that they invented just for this movie where we follow Chewbacca's family for the first 20 minutes, them talking in Wookiee with no subtitles, so you have no idea what's going on, and then we follow a very disoriented and very drugged original cast of Star Wars trying to explain how they're getting to Chewbacca's family, and then the Empire comes and makes these... But then Diane Carroll makes a musical appearance. It's the most... We- it's somebody in a drugged state went, let's turn holiday- uh, Star Wars into a 50s-style like variety show. It does not work. It's terrible. Disney and everybody is trying to hide it, but... Oh my God, is it a pleasure to watch during the holidays because it just, it makes whatever might be terrible happy again. And if you like Star Wars, you have to wonder how it got made because it's utter, utter nonsense. uh, That was 90 seconds perfectly, Josh. All right, that's all I got. Okay. Let's do it. Iron Man 3 is the It's a Wonderful Life of the Marvel Universe. You have your hero, Tony Stark, learning valuable life lessons, like how to treat people well. And man, sometimes plants can be bad for the environment. And also, definitely, definitely 
treat children well because you never know when you're going to land in their garage and need to use all their spare parts, including screwdrivers and soldering irons and watches and all sorts of things. Essentially, uh, Tony Stark has to, this, this movie, similar to It's a Wonderful Life, has a lot of flashbacks in it where Tony's got to take a look at some times where he treated people not so well and he needs to reconcile that in the future in terms of, one, how, how have his actions, well, I guess it's a little bit like Christmas Carol, how have his actions uh, in, implicated what's happening now, but also, what would the world be like without a Tony Stark? Which are two very Christmassy themes. Um, the, the final piece I, I will just add for my argument is this movie takes place at Christmas time, uh, which is what Marvel Studios says is what it takes to make this a Christmas movie. Marvel calls this a Christmas movie, and therefore so do I. The end. <laughs> <laughs> oh man it's officially stated by marvel josh any retort that you have based off of erica's argument or anything gonna, that you realize in the past I'm, few i'm not gonna retort against erica because that was pretty solid but i am gonna say it's christmas 2020 and anthony you would you rather watch a movie that forces you to come to terms with the people that you may have mistreated or you know dealt with poorly or kind of your actions in the past year or would you rather get high and watch something that has something to do with something you like that's terrible uh but somewhat holiday themed erica anything for anything Uh, i think you could get high and watch iron man 3 and have a delightful time there's lots of things that light up and blow up and guy pierce is there i don't know (laughs) i am going to go with the star wars holiday special yeah (laughs) because it has a a very soft spot in my heart i thought you did a really great job describing have you seen the the circum yeah i saw it a long time ago i saw it around the same time that i saw uh song of the south another disney franchise that we don't find anywhere that's kind of been hidden what do we call song Um, of the south the franchise i saw both Hey man, it should be. Technically, it is. It's on its own ride. That's true. <laughs> that baby still lives on. <laughs> um, I saw both of them in college for the first time. We we went on like that whole like you know like in college like you just go like on a rampage with like on Wikipedia looking up mm-hmm. weird stuff. Um, we did that, and then it became like the journey of like hey like who can find it on the pirate bay that way we can watch this sucker. And we found both of them, and we stayed up all night, and we burned through all of it. And yeah, that was a really really weird night. Um. Nothing against Iron Man 3, uh, but yeah, the the way that you described it really, really sounded like my first experience watching it, um, and I'm also very, very excited to see this go up against Love Actually, the movie that has everything <laughs> Christmas versus the movie that has nothing holiday-related whatsoever. Hey, because of the Star Wars holiday special, we actually learned that there's lyrics to the Star Wars theme song, and it's Carrie oh, Fisher singing them in the movie. Oh, Lord. The next category, uh, the 90s Christmas movies. This is uh, The Santa Claus, uh, as argued by Josh Bowen, versus Jingle All the Way, argued by myself. Um, Josh, I will give you the honor of starting unless you would like for me to go first. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll start. I will keep time for you whenever you're ready. 
Okay, so what better to personify the 90s than take its most quintessential beloved actor that we all love for some reason, but we don't really know why we love him so much, uh, than put that actor in uh, a Christmas movie. Uh, The Santa Claus is the most bizarre 90s movie where we have to sit and watch this torturous awful like work you know working dad who mistreats everybody around him and his son somehow learn a lesson through the movie of become getting essentially duped in by this curse into being santa claus and change his ways and treat himself and the people around him better so we just can see a different arc for tim allen who's somebody that we all agree to like it's 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 the quintessential 90s movie. It's terrible, but, like, there's so much fat shaming in it and, you know, sexism and all these things that are just rampant with the 90s. So if we're talking... If this is specifically, like, the category of the 90s... 20 seconds, It shot. really doesn't get more than this. Like, come on. It's Tim Allen getting being forced to be Santa Claus, and it's that's a... You can have the rest of my 15 seconds. I will now argue in favor of Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way is one of my favorite Christmas movies of all time because it literally has everything that's great about the 90s. Workaholic parents. It's got Simbad. It's got capitalism at the very heart and core of what this movie is all about. It's got Phil Hartman, who at the time I did not realize was clearly sleeping with every single woman in the neighborhood. It's got an action figure that actually existed and was sold at Target stores at retail of an MSRP of $29.95 in the year 1997. The movie itself has not held up well as far as script or as far as acting. However, you could easily remake that movie right now. You swap out Arnold Schwarzenegger with Dave Bautista. You swap out Simbad with Kevin Hart. And then you swap out the Turbo Man with a PlayStation 5, and we could throw this on HBO Now next month and make billions. Everything about it holds up because it's everything that's terrible about America. A father who neglects his family because he'd rather make money, who doesn't listen to what his child wants for Christmas and has spent the entire day before Christmas Eve running around trying to figure out where this toy is located. A postal postal service person who acts like he has a bomb at one point and almost blows up the local police department. And at the end of the day, still ends up with the toy. His entire family's happy. And he did nothing to deserve the ending conclusion that he got. That was the time. Um, I think these are both really good arguments. Um, these are both kind of like weird movies in that they kind of like extol these uh, like really mediocre white dude father figures and like they both kind of have these like coming of coming of age moments even though they're uh middle-aged men that are just trying to do right by their kids i think i have to oh oh boy oh boy um and they both hold up terribly so i can't use that (laughs) that as a a marker. 
I really want to see the recast that I, that Anthony put together. Um, I think I have. I think I. Oh God, I'm gonna to totally change how I judged the first one. I think I'm gonna go with Jingle All the Way because I both think you guys both had excellent arguments, and I have a slight preference for that movie. The next category that we have: uh, unexpected love stories during Christmas, while you were sleeping, as argued by Erica Geller. The Nightmare Before Christmas is argued by Joshua Bowen. Um, and then the kind of unspoken rule that we have here, which is that whoever can tie this as being the more quintessential Chicago <laughs> movie will probably win this category. Uh, who would like to start? I can start because Josh just won. Here we go. Um, I love this movie for a number of reasons. Uh, it's about a young woman who um, doesn't have a family to go home to for the holidays and by a totally random sequence of events in which she saves Peter Gallagher after he's mugged and thrown onto the CTA tracks. Um, there's a miscommunication at the hospital. She winds up spending the holidays with his family and his brother, Bill Pullman, who is a total freaking snack in this movie. Um, it's got, it's a love story. It's actually shot here, unlike The Princess Switch and Holiday, which definitely, like, they do a couple of, like, drone exteriors, and that's about it. There's so many great shots, actually, on the CTA platform. The apartment she lives in could totally be take place here. Um, and it's just, like, a really nice, feel-good movie. Now, the part that doesn't hold up is the bit where Peter Gallagher's in a coma, and she's kind of pretend masquerading as his fiance. but we can look past that. Because the sporting cast is delightful. Sandra Bullock can really do no wrong in a holiday-esque film. And as I said before, Bill Pullman is just in his prime in this movie. And that's really all I want from a holiday rom-com is two beautiful people finding their way to each other through a series of mishaps on the goddamn L train. Full stop. Josh, are you ready? I'm ready, and I, I didn't listen to any of Erica's argument because I was trying to come with, <laughs> up with how this could be related respect, to respect, Chicago. Respect. So here we go. Whenever you're ready. So in terms of uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas being an unexpected um, uh, cr- a Christmas movie, uh, it's in the title, first off, uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, that uh, kind of insinuates this is going to be a little weird. But the thing that makes it so unexpected is that this is a movie in celebration of the actual holiday itself for people that don't get to enjoy it normally. It's about people from a completely different world, Halloween Town, uh, kind of accidentally, tri- well, Jack Skellington tripping on uh, Christmas Town through music and all kinds of things, uh, what, uh, what Christmas is like, and then bringing that back to his world and then trying to make that happen, and it kind of failing and succeeding at the same time and learning his own lessons. But it's what makes it so unexpected is that it's a love story between, um, I mean, Sally and Jack to some degree, even though that's kind of one-sided. It's more between Jack and the holiday of Christmas itself and how he kind of brings it, how it it kind of fills him, but also he kind of brings it to his own town. Uh, So in the way that I will connect this to Chicago, uh, the word nightmare 
Knight. Uh, 15 seconds, Josh. Knight. Uh, uh, Bob, Bobby Knight. Basketball. Uh, Chicago Bulls. Uh, Mare. Horses. Uh, there's the, the horses that the Chicago PD ride on that they got statues of everywhere. I nailed it. I feel like that was, that was, that was a valiant solid, effort, actually, for a weird-ass thing argument. we asked you to do. You went for it. I appreciate it. I think I, I, think I won that one. Um, I appreciated both arguments, um, but I feel like Erica just argued the hell out of while you were sleeping. So I'm going to move her on to the next round. That's very fair. I'm, I'm honored. Thank um, you. But I'm very excited for this next one. Also, at this point, for everybody following home, uh, following at home, Home Alone 2 uh, and Gremlin are going to go up against each other in the next round. Love Actually and the Star Wars Holiday Special um, are going to tee off. Jingle All the Way is going to go up against While You Were Sleeping. Um, and then we're going to figure out the next two based off of these next two arguments. Um, the first being Christmas classics, The Grinch, the uh, uh, famed uh, animated version versus A Christmas Story. Um, Josh, would you like me to go first since you just argued your ass off for Nightmare Before Christmas? I'm, f- I'm feeling pretty good. I'm on a roll. I can go again if that's fine. You know what? I'm going to let you do that. You start whenever you're ready, sir. Okay. The Grinch. So I I think this is a very important classic because it is the perspective of a Christmas movie, but it's about the outsider. Um, it's a movie about the Grinch who... It's, it's really interesting because it's this outcast of, of this kind of society that used to be part of that society. And it's this kind of perpetuated idea that because the townsfolk agree that that's the Grinch... That's how he kind of sees him as himself. And the movie eventually becomes about, you know, he's trying everything in in his power to ruin Christmas because he can't be a part of it. But then, you know, the townspeople, although they have, you know, he tries stripping everything away from them. You don't get the trees. You don't get the, uh, you know, the presents. You don't get anything. Uh, they still have the spirit of Christmas intact, which is the togetherness of it. So it's, I mean, I'm, as I'm arguing through it, it's almost a double whammy. It's this idea that when you kind of strip all the trappings away of Christmas, which in the movie is very like push in your face, like the, oh, and I hear the drum drums binging, and I can't remember the what he fucking says in the movie, but all the trappings of it, but also the idea 20 of, seconds. you know, the outsider trying to enjoy the holiday, but he can't. And it's not until, like, everything else is stripped away, like, the societal kind of things and all those things that, like, everybody can enjoy Christmas together. I think it's a really important uh, Christmas movie when you really break it down. So I think it's a classic because of that. Time. I will now argue in favor of a Christmas story. Um, Christmas story, the 1983 classic that plays on TBS or maybe TNT, I can't remember, for 24 hours straight every Christmas Eve going through Christmas Day. The reason being that it is an absolute classic, down to a T. Reason being that the whole theme of the entire movie is that we're trying to watch this kid who really wants to get one thing, a BB gun, uh, specifically uh, the Red Ryder BB gun, 200-shot range model, Red Ryder carbine action, uh, everybody can relate to that. As a kid, there's always that one toy that you want that you had on your list for forever that you're laying hints for that you're hoping that Santa's going to come through on. And he's waiting the whole time for it, right? 
Like you're sitting there watching Ralphie do like the decoder pen, hoping that he's going to get something. You're watching is like he's leaving the magazine cutouts all over the house. He literally goes to Santa on Christmas Eve to throw the Hail Mary, hoping that the big guy is going to come through. And then the one moment happens in it at the very end, not Santa, but Pops himself shows up and is like, I got you exactly what you're looking for with the compass in the stock, or as Ralphie calls it, that thing that tells time. No, that's not the compass. That was the, uh, the sundial. Regardless, the movie itself is incredible because everybody can relate to being a kid and hoping that Santa shows up with that one gift that you want, the one thing that you've been hoping for, and then he gets it. And that's what Santa, and that's what Christmas is about, getting the one thing that you want time um so i have a confession to make i've never watched a christmas story in full in a single sitting um as a child um i was so scarred by the scene of uh the tongue stuck frozen to the pole um that i i screamed and had nightmares about it and cried cried and threw a fit and my mom had learned her lesson from my childhood when I would promise that um if she put Bambi on I wouldn't cry again but I would every time and so I was not allowed to watch this movie growing up um and as an adult I've definitely like been places where it's been on and I've seen a lot of it and I'm enmeshed enough in pop culture to know like a lot of jokes and references and stuff um, but I've never sat down and watched this movie from start to finish, so that could be, it could be the year. Um, that being said, um, oh man, this is another one. You guys both, I feel like, crushed the argument scenario. Um, I am going to argue only that we have a lot of movies that tackle the idea of mm. a Christmas story in getting the thing that you kind of like the material yeah. aspect for it, where the Grinch kind of embodies a different um, philosophy. That's a good point. Um, Anthony, do you have anything to say in rebuttal to that? Uh, the only thing I'll say in rebuttal to that is... Regardless of the overall, like, you know, core theme of this, there's a reason why this gets shown every year. We have so many classic moments that come from this. Literally, Erica's childhood was scarred by this movie because of one of the more pivotal moments in it that everybody remembers. But even outside of that, we have the moment when Ralphie's little brother can't put his arms down because he has a snowsuit on with like 20 layers of clothing. We have the family eating cabbage and they all, no, meatloaf, and they all hate it because meatloaf sucks. We have the dad who's grouchy and who curses like under his breath every single time that the water heater goes out. There's so many classic moments in this that just stand the absolute test of time. Um, Yeah, I love this movie. I got a quick rebuttal for Anthony. Uh, Anthony, what do you want for Christmas this year? Uh, what do I want for Christmas this year? What's the one yeah. thing that you want for Christmas this year? One you thing put it on I your Twitter. For, the one thing I want a pair of uh, Kobe Bryant's uh, sixes. Um, they're dubbed they the Green Apple um, on Nike's uh, sneaker account. If you go on sneakers, but what um, are they nicknamed? The, uh, the Green Apples is what they're nicknamed. No, what else? Are they, they look nicknamed? like an apple. No, there's something else that they're nicknamed. I have no idea. I think Green Apple is what they've been called for the past decade, if I if I recall correctly. All right. Well, uh, 
I guess we just won't call them the Grinches then. You know, that's the unofficial name, but that's trademark, so we can't call it that. So yeah, we've just we've tried. I feel we've like moved. you're just choosing not to say that in this moment. But I like to respect what Nike tells me, and they said that's that the first the time Green I've Apples. heard you say that. Ever. <laughs> Don't fucking do that. All right. They're called the Grinches. They're green. They're beautiful. They have red li- uh, red laces that you can swap out on them. If somebody comes through for those for me on Christmas Eve, I will be incredibly happy. I'm not gonna lie. This conversation, I think, actually uh, just cemented my decision in choosing the Grinch, um, because uh, this was a real Grinch-like conversation that we're having. As long as I get my shoes, fair, I ain't fair, gonna complain. Um, I can't believe neither of you said a weenie whistle or a mystery date game, which are what the parents in the Santa Claus want. Okay, uh, should we go go to our final bracket? Yeah. I I believe we should. Uh, This is uh, Weird Christmas Children and Christmas Movies. Miracle on 34th Street, which I'll be talking about, and then Elf, which Erica's going to go through. For sure, for sure. Would you like to begin, Erica? Sure. I can do that. Okay. Elf is a Christmas classic because it is just so damn quotable. It is another one of these movies where um, the just the the weird little premisey quirky things outshine the plot. The plot is so standard, you know. Uh, we've got to help Santa deliver gifts on Christmas Eve to all the kids. Fine. Um, but it has a lot of really, really great quotes. Also a lot of really fun little Easter eggs, um, like the little claymation characters in the gumdrop forest that Elf has to, to run through. Um, my letterboard right now says, not now, Arctic Puffin, um, which is probably my favorite quote from the movie. Um, it's got some really good carol singing. Um, the cast is just phenomenal. Um, I mean, Will Ferrell aside, um, you have Zoe Deschanel, uh, James Caan, um, Bob Newhart, uh, Mary, oh, what is her name? She was also in Happiest Season. Um, just like a, a delight of a movie, I think, uh, is just one of these, these movies that it's quotable. There's elf inflatables all over the damn place now. Um, people, um, really, it's just, it's a fun, lighthearted Christmas movie that really, again, talks about family, but also making sure Santa can do what he needs to do. The end. Nice, nice. I'm ready. Um, Solid. I'll go for it. Uh, Miracle on 34th Street. Uh, First, if we even look at the casting of this movie, Richard Attenborough is the most perfect individual to play Santa Claus, I think, in modern history. Uh, The man's perfect. He's charming. He's he's lovely. He's hilarious. Comedic timing is absolutely perfect. And when you pair him with Mara Wilson... Uh, who I don't believe has ever actually played somebody who's actually supposed to be under the age of 10. Every one of her characters seems like she's like 42. Uh, Magic happens. The story itself is absolutely perfect. It's the little girl rediscovering what Christmas is and rediscovering that Santa Claus is real. And actually the entire city of New York deciding that Santa Claus is real after Richard Attenborough's uh, Santa Claus finds himself in some hot water 
uh, because he's framed for hitting somebody uh, for something that he actually didn't do. That aside, the uh, movie itself is absolutely wonderful. We have a fake Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, which is absolutely beautiful. You have Elizabeth Perkins and Dylan McDermott finding love because that's what Mara Wilson wanted the whole time. It ends with everybody being a happy family in a winter wonderland and a house that's paid for because that's what Santa Claus does. Everything about this just sounds perfect and it feels really perfect and it feels great. And John Hughes produced it, which makes so much sense. Uh, I can't speak highly enough of this. It's available on Disney Plus and I think everybody should watch it. That's my time. All right, Josh, it's in your hands. Do either of you have, re, re, do either of you have rebuttals for the other? I don't. I got nothing. Well, I, I this is a tough one for me because uh, I I don't know Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street uh, particularly well. I actually haven't seen it before, uh, but Elf I've seen like a thousand times. Um, you know, I was actually I was. I was hoping to hear more in the in the argument for Elf about because there's some things in this movie that I feel like get kind of undercut uh, by the fact that it's Will Ferrell and kind of this stellar cast that it is like kind of a Mowgli story which we don't get in a holiday mm. movie ever somebody that's raised by um, by elves and we get to see like these complete opposites interact because it's literally the guy in The Godfather with an elf for a son. And I think that's like, so fun. Um, but you really sold me on, uh, kind of the classicness of miracle on 34th street, even though I haven't seen it. I am going to go with miracle on 34th street for this one. It's fair. Although I will also say to our listeners out there, uh, Miracle on 34th Street is a remake of a movie with Natalie Wood, and I do also strongly, yes, I do so strongly recommend seeking out that version as well. So we've now made it through the original 16. We've now gotten to like the the the, the final eight, if you will. Um, yeah. We're gonna burn through these pretty quickly. I think now that we've all discussed like what we've got and like what we're yeah, working we, with, we've all made our arguments, so we should be able to get through these pretty quick. Um, the first bracket that we're looking at, Home Alone 2 versus Gremlins. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Which one stacks up more? This is essentially us. Oh. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> oh, a thousand percent. Uh, I'm, my vote's for Home Alone 2. Uh, way more of a... Of yeah, a I'm sorry, movie. Anthony. Even though, uh, our, the second worst person in the country is in it, um, I, I'm voting for Home Alone I'm also going to vote for Home Alone, considering that it has the second worst person in the country, Tim Curry, in it. It still gets my vote. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. What the fuck, Anthony? I'm going to take a really long time making my next decision. just because I had to go for that one. It was, it was, it was, it was right yeah. there. Why not? Mitch, you know? Mitch McConnell was unavailable for the filming of this movie, so. Um, <laughs> they went with Donald Trump. Next category, we're looking at Love Actually versus the <laughs> Star Wars Holiday, which I would say this is the category that's the most like us. Okay, that's fair. Oh, boy. Uh, this so is tough, actually, I do think. You wanna sit, do, you want, do you want to sit and watch a romance about Christmas or watch a shitty Star Wars movie that's barely about okay, a holiday? Okay, it's several romances wrapped up into one. 
You're right. It's 47. You're right. Numerically. Oh, boy. I mean, I I, I, I vote for I love, think... actually, on this one. I'm sticking with Star Wars Holiday Special on this one. Anthony! I am voting Star Wars Holiday Special. <gasps> oh, fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> It's 2020. I've really... This one's really curved towards Anthony, though. No, that's it, fair. That's fair. It's very much curved towards me, plus there's also the fact of uh, I really, really just don't like Love Actually. It's one of those movies that when I watched it the first time, I was like, wow, this is lovely. And then I watched it as an adult, and I'm like, I hate every single one of these people. It's a very polarizing movie. You either love it or you hate it. There is no in-between, because it's been out long enough that like most people have seen it. And or at least like know of it, right? And so like it's either a movie that it's tradition for you to watch every year at least once, maybe more than once, um, or you fucking hate this movie because because it's yeah you've been scarred. I will say that my parents are probably going to turn this off at this moment, as will my aunt Susie. But it is. I feel like a lot of people are going to turn this this podcast off at this moment. All fourteen of our fans. That's fine. I can't believe Star Wars Holiday Special made it to the quarterfinals of a holiday movie bracket. Honestly, I'm, so I'm not happy. shocked at all. It makes yeah, so much either. sense. Okay. Me either. All right, so next up we've got uh, Jingle All the Way uh, versus While You Were Sleeping. So I actually really like both of these movies. Mm-hmm. I think While You Were Sleeping holds up better, though. So I I will personally advance that. I know you guys haven't seen it, though, so I I understand this is a tough choice. Well, I mean, it's hard for me to go with While You Were Sleeping because I haven't seen it. And Jingle All The Way is, like, such a personal thing for me. So I feel like I'm I'm giving a very biased decision. Just, like, because I like it. I mean, that's how Anthony voted in the last one. I will say in this one, I'm not voting Jingle all the way, which actually like kind of like tips the the voting over wow. to while you're sleeping. I love the movie. Explain. Um, it's not a great movie though. It's not. It's not a great great movie. It's a really fun movie. It has a lot of nostalgia. Sure. But if I were to show this to somebody who'd never seen it before, they would react to it the same way that I did when I watched uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas and I'll Be Home for Christmas for the first time. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever um so yeah i'm not gonna vote for it because i think that while you were sleeping is a better film right fair which brings us to the next category the grinch versus miracle on 34th street i feel like i've thrown a lot of first shots so someone else should go um There's something about the Grinch that feels very, it feels very important to me right now, just because it's, you know, it's like a movie, it's a movie about values that I would like to, like, explore more right now. That's think I think that's why I'm choosing it, versus like a, like an uber, super duper classic. And for me, I'm sticking with Miracle on 34th Street because it's one of the few movies up here that has nothing to do with capitalism. It has nothing sure. to do with people getting cheated on. 
it's just the whole city of New York realizing why we all love Santa and why we all love Christmas. Oh boy. Um, sentimental wise, I got, oh man, I gotta go Grinch here. I just like have a much softer spot in my two sizes, too small heart for this movie. That's a good point. I, that, oh, I love that moment. Not the, not the Jim Carrey version, but the animated one. <laughs> it's not terrible, but it's not great. Uh, starring Jenny Humphreys from Gossip Girl as Cindy Lou Who. Yeah. Also, very good casting of Christine Baranski in that movie. Yes. She also has one of my favorite uh, practical effects ever with her, like, decorating the tree with the gun. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was all done in reverse. So the lights yeah, are being right. sucked into the cannon, yep. and they just did it in the other way. It's it's really, really smart. It's really, really yep. cool. Yeah, I've seen the video of them doing it. Yeah. Um. I, I like I love the story of the Grinch. I, I really do. I yeah. When when I was home we um took a drive around the neighborhood and there was a house that had a huge wooden like painted cutout of the Grinch and they had their icicle lights on the trim of their house set up that um they like were all the way around the uh uh from left to right all the way across the trim of the house but um, they were pulled down and attached to the cardboard cutout, which was like in the middle of the lawn. So it really looked like he was pulling the lights down off the house. <gasps> oh, it, I wish I I'd taken a video that. of it. It was it was clever. It was really clever. I like that. Plus, like, what other holiday or Christmas songs really get to be like celebrated by the baritones? <laughs> like everything's always like a tenor or higher. Like, la, 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 la. Okay, come on, we got enough of that. You're a mean one. I can't do it. We're now in the final four. Yeah. Oh God. Home Alone versus Star Wars. Oh While You Were Sleeping versus The Grinch. Let's start with the first <laughs> one. Home Alone versus Star Wars Holiday. Where, where are we going with this one? Home Alone 2. <laughs> yeah, I gotta go Home Alone 2 Lost in New York, we, baby. I'm gonna do the same thing. That's obvious. We can't... We, let's let's put this to bed like we can't let this go on any longer. <laughs> we had our fun let's get serious but then while you were sleeping versus the grinch which one where, where are we going with this one uh, i will make the first statement since i've not done so many times tonight sure if we're talking overall greatest christmas holiday movie mm-hmm. we're talking the one that holds up I gotta go Grinch. It's a classic. It's yeah. it's we we all know it. Even if you don't know it, you know it. I I'm going with that too. Uh because of that, but also I'm really feeling that movie this year particularly. Maybe because I'm like relating to it a little bit because I'm always a little curmudgeonly about the uh about the holiday season and then I always turn around at the end. Um so I think I just need it this year. Uh, but I'm sticking with it. You know, even though I love While You Were Sleeping and I watch it every year at least twice, I'm going to go Grinch too. There is something about it that just... Yeah, it, it, and you're right, Josh. It, it's hitting a little different this year. Um, yeah. I'm with you guys. Which now brings us to the final. Home Alone 2 
versus the Grinch. <sighs> Boy. I know how I'm voting, but I'm not going to make the first call. Also, I just want to say these are two movies that Josh argued for, so, like, well done, Joshua Bowen. This Good job, evening. Josh. Well... You just, I, I apparently everybody just needed to get him past the uh, the first round, and then uh, and then we're just gonna we blew through the rest. So the real work was done in the first forty five minutes of this, mm. but uh, first six I'm, hours yeah. of this podcast, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, I, I know what I'm gonna vote. It's just, it, I mean, I'm voting with what feels important important to me right now. Because it changes from year to year. Like, I'm going to feel differently. Probably going to feel differently next year. And, like, what what holiday movies are going to... I mean, I probably would have kept The Mummy next year. Who knows? I can't believe that that almost made the short list. And I didn't realize that it had nothing Christmas related in it. (laughs) I actually would really like to discuss The Mummy at some point because I read a whole Tumblr thread about how wildly feminist it is and I haven't watched it probably since it came out. Um, So I would actually really like to talk about The Mummy at some point. Great. But for today, who's going to start this one? You go, Josh. I I think The Grinch has... Uh, the Grinch is doing something for me right now. Even though Home Alone Two is my, f- it's it's kind of the same argument I made for the Star Wars Holiday Special. I just want to have fun because it's true. There's some values in that movie, but I don't feel like they hold a candle to the Grinch. And I think right now, in 2020, I need some Christmas stories that hold some values to kind of like almost give me a little slap across the face of like remember what's important and uh not so much like the bullshitty stuff and i'm going Um, to vote home alone too (laughs) okay good i'm glad anthony good i'm glad i'm the tiebreaker um i am going to go grinch here i i would choose it over home alone too um, if I was sitting down to watch something hmm. tonight. Hmm. The Grinch is the winner. So who wow. expected the Grinch to come out on top? Not me. Not me. Not me at all. That is crazy. Is that I'm happy, that? though. I'm happy about this. This is our first animated movie. Yeah. Also, pre, like, when was the, when did this movie come out? This is an oldie. I hope that this is just foreshadowing as to what I hope will happen next Thursday, which is me getting a pair of Kobe Bryant's, Kobe 6s, That's, this sneakers, is it. and a size 11 and a half. If it doesn't happen, I'm going to cry. Oh, Grinch! You know what's kind of wild? Hmm. If, if this ended up being a bracket between Home Alone 1 and the Grinch, you could argue that the Grinch would have won either way because the Grinch happens in the first Tom Alone movie. He's watching the Grinch well, watching in it. the movie. Mm. Yeah. Well, I feel good about this. I, I, I actually think this is very appropriate for this year. This has been a weird year. I am... I'm so grateful that we did this this year. It's really, I feel like even though we've not done it every week, this has been just so fun doing this with you guys. Um, My heart has grown two sizes. 
um, just being on with you guys weekly, and um, this has been fun. It's been a real blast. Yeah, this has Agreed. been a fucking saving grace. This is a really fun way to kind of wrap things up for the year after we've now gone through doing this whole podcast, still in the middle of a pandemic, uh, now dealing with Christmas around a pandemic. Um, yeah, this is not at all how I thought that the year was going to end, but, you know... <laughs> This has been a lot of fun. Thank you to everybody that tuned in to check out this very special Christmas version, a Christmas edition of Not the Oscars. Um, if you like this episode or any of our previous episodes, please give us a review on the uh, listening platform that you're using. Feel free to reach out to us at our social handles, uh, Not the Oscars on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and then, uh, you know, feel free to also shoot us an email with any of your thoughts, which is uh, getmesugarwater at gmail.com. Submit your performances, your ideas. Like we said, we are still figuring out what we're going to do moving forward now that we've gotten through the 90s. Um, and we would love to hear about what you think we should be doing for our next batch of episodes. Uh, but for the meantime, signing off, uh, this is Anthony, Erica, Josh. See you next time with Not the Oscars. Bye.